You're listening to Kick It, Don't Quit It, a motivational, spiritual podcast seeking to spread love and grace. We are thankful you have tuned in. So without further ado, come kick it with the girls, don't quit on the world. Hey guys, welcome to Kick It, Don't Quit It. It's our very first episode. Um, so for this episode, we're gonna. <laughs> you guys can talk. You don't have to be quiet. Oh, wow. I thought I had to be no, quiet. no. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to be quiet. Well, it is your turn to talk. It is my turn to talk. But just because it's my turn to talk doesn't mean you guys can't. I can um, rant for you. Just does. does <laughs> sorry, doesn't mean you can't um, chime in. So. If I say something and you think, hey, that sounds cool. I have something about that. Go ahead. Chime in. So um, so on this episode, we are going to talk a little bit about who we are so that you guys can get to know us a little bit better. Um, sometimes it's easier to listen to people when you feel like you know them a little bit. So again, my name is Erin. Um, I am married. Uh, in November, it'll be 10 years. Can you believe 10 years um we have six well no sorry we have seven kids um brady we, bunch a brady bunch after yes. after a certain number of kids you just stop counting <laughs> is that why you forget well we we added one this year um i have um, a son who is 21 and he has a best friend who has been a part of our family for a while now and he asked us this year if we would adopt him Aww. and so he is a, added to our family um so i have my oldest is um 21 our youngest is eight um will be nine in december and everybody says she's my favorite um mm-hmm. I, probably because she's caused me the least amount of trouble so far i'm sure that'll change as she gets older so what they say is true she is your favorite she is my favorite right now <laughs> I, I will admit it. She's my, but she's pretty much everybody's favorite. Um, if you meet anybody in the family, her brothers, her I sister. I think I favor her over my own children. <laughs> you do. Well, you have claimed that she is yours. Um, you've actually terrified the do- the child um, at points because you've told her that she is your child, and sooner or later, the, that will switch our kids back, and I will get Addie, and you will get Kennedy, <gasps> and um, she says, no! So, <laughs> so anyway, um, so that's a little bit about me. Um, I've been going to Salvation Ministries. We all um, are a part of uh, the same church body, and I've been going there for about 11 years now. So, um, Holly? Yeah. So, I'm Holly, and I am going to be 43 soon. So, I am a grandmother princess. I have one child on the way out, so she will be leaving the house soon. She's in her senior year, and my other children are grown up. So, I have grandchildren, and, uh, of course, I know these lovely ladies from going to church with them, and... um, I did not realize you were younger than me yeah. by a couple of years. I'm, I'm not. Are a you saying I look old? No, <laughs> no, but you do have grandkids already and that I don't have any yet. 
I'm sure I already know within a couple of years I will have them. I have one son who is already married, has been married almost a year. And I have two that are getting married this year in um, September and October. And so I know in a couple of years I will have a bunch of grandbabies. Yes. And I'll be asking people to take some of them because I will have so many. You will uh, not ask anybody <laughs> to take your grandkids, I can promise you. Yeah, You're not. much closer to asking to take your children than grandchildren. <laughs> grandchildren are the, the, they call them yeah. grand for a reason. I've already, um, my my daughter my soon-to-be daughter-in-law her mother goes to church with us and I've, I've already told her i said you can hold the baby during praise and worship when i'm on the stage and then i get it for for service <laughs> she's like i can work with that so um i don't think anybody will be allowed to hold any of the grandbabies for a while i turned into a monster when i started having grandchildren so when i had kids i I didn't care who held them. As a matter of fact, I was asking strangers if they wanted to hold them. <laughs> but when I had grandkids, I showed up like I had a football uniform on. I didn't want anybody to touch or come near or breathe or look. And I realized that that wasn't really, um, that wasn't making people like me very much. Wow. I eventually had to settle down a little bit, but something came over me when it came to grandkids. And so I've relaxed a little bit and, and kind of let a lot of that go, but um, they're just different. Yeah. Grandkids are I'm different. I'm excited. I really am. I'm looking forward to that, that um, season of life. Um, and Kennedy has finally resigned herself to being an aunt, um, she wanted a, a baby sister for or a baby brother for a little bit, and then she realized she wouldn't be a ba be the baby anymore, and so she decided that she was not for that. And then when we started talking about bringing babies into the house, she was like, "I don't know, no, no." <laughs> and I was like, "It's okay, you get to be the the cool young aunt." So, so as y'all talk about kids out the door and grandbabies being born, I'm over here with young kids. I'm still being terrorized, and I haven't got to the grand part yet. <laughs> So, um, my kids, um, my name's Megan, by the way, um, my kids are, one of them is about to be a preteen. She is turning 12 and we are getting on up in there. And then I've got a seven year old who thinks she's a 30 year old about to turn eight. <laughs> and I tell you what, this, this, these ages are going to literally kill me. So I'd love to tell you that it gets easier soon, but it does not. Um, I have, so I have four still at home. Um, I have one that will be a senior this year, one who's a junior, and then my my girls um, are 13 and 8, so um, Caitlin will be in 8th grade this year, and she's 13, and we're just, we're getting to the spot where she's pushing boundaries um, of different things like she she came to my mom's house this Wednesday um, and was in her quote-unquote church clothes and she was wearing she's like I found the, a skirt that I like it's got shorts built into it and it was about uh, three inches above her knees and mom's like I don't think that's gonna work so my mom put tights on underneath it I was like, she's just pushing her boundaries. She's trying to, to figure out what we'll allow and what we won't allow. And it's difficult sometimes because it, you have to be like hyper vigilant and you have to pay attention to so many things that with my boys, I didn't have to worry about that. You know, I mean, 
They're not walking around in booty shorts. Thank um, the Lord. They're, they're, no, right. <laughs> We're all walking these... around in booty shorts or shirts that, you know, come up if they barely even lift a finger. Um, I, but with the girls, I just, I have to, I have Kennedy who, at this moment, if she has a shirt that even looks like it's going to come down her shoulder or down in the front, she wants something underneath it. She wants a tank top, which I'm happy about i hope she stays that way and then i have one who's who's kind of pushing the boundaries to see what what i'll allow and what i'll let her out of the house in and um, i'd like to tell you that that gets better the older they get for girls but it it just changes fashion and it changes the boundaries so my 17 year old last year went to prom and um so my convictions with what I wear are different than hers. And I don't force her to wear the things that I wear because she's a different person. Um, her walk with the Lord is different than mine. So when she was looking for dresses, she was showing me pictures. And I said, we're, we're not looking for this design. And she said, you know, Mom, I don't want you to push your conviction on me because I, I'm not you. And I said... You know, Emma, this has nothing to do with conviction. This has to do with you ain't walking out of my house looking like that. (laughs) And so there's, there's a difference between, hey, you know, this is what I wear because this is where my heart has been pricked to, to, and led me to, to be and to dress modestly and and that it just happens to be a different way than hers and her walking out of the house being um a hoochie mama but yeah yeah so well i'm the hoochie mama that showed up at the church if y'all remember oh we remember (laughs) yes yes we remember (laughs) i'm not sure there's not much you don't remember (laughs) but uh god's been good and he has he has guided me um through it and and i really like what you had to say holly about convictions because we all have them we're all different people, and they, they look different. And I really like the, the non-judgment that you exercise to your daughter. Um, hearing you say that, that actually encourages me for the day that my daughter's 17, and, and she wants to dress right. a certain way and kind of expose parts of her that maybe the whole world yeah. don't need to see. So I really, I'm going to take that tip from you, and uh, you send me the bill. Yeah. Oh, I will. <laughs> um, and that's one thing that we've been going through this last year. Um, uh, we are a blended family. Um, my, my 13 year old daughter is, is my stepdaughter. Um, and there's different rules in our house as there is in his, her mama's house. And, um, and her mama is in church, but there are different rules for how to dress at her church than there is at our church and um and I want when my kids come into service for them to be to be presenting their best um that doesn't mean they you know need to be dressed to the nines I'm not saying they have to be in a suit and tie or in you know whatever but I want them to look nice and I know Caitlin in the last year um has had some troubles at school with when she would wear a skirt or wear a dress um on wednesdays because we have church on wednesdays that people would say stuff 
And so then she didn't want to wear that. And so we went back and forth with, you know, well, that's not my conviction or that's not this or that's, that's, and so we went back and forth on trying to figure out what was the, the best outlet and the best way to, to present ourselves. And, um, and as everybody knows, the, the biggest trend, especially right now is leggings and, and a t-shirt that's what all the girls are wanting to wear that's all they you know want to that's they walk out of the house and I'm like I told Caitlin I said I'm okay with that but you're gonna have a shirt that comes down over your butt and we're not gonna go out and just show everything we got even though it's leggings it's still not appropriate um well I don't want to tell you what my business apparel is on zoom then (laughs) it's party on the top Sleepy on the bottom. <laughs> well, it's a little different oh, when it's a little different when um, when you're doing a zoom and they only see you from you know the waist up or the chest up, um, then walking into school with your butt hanging out. So, well, I, I'm so I, I want to ask you a question. No. And and please be be candid because I, I I need to know this for myself right. because for for us that come as you are element creates a comfortability for people right. it it gives people um, you know they 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 show up with a little bit of that because I think that some folks show up thinking they're going to be judged. Right. So that come as you are element <clears throat> is something that I've thought about you know. Ha- how do I make people feel? You know, how am I dressing? Is what I'm dressing making people feel uncomfortable? Wow. You know, making people feel like they have some sort of expectation they have to live up to. But then on the other side of that coin, I also want to show up my best. I want to show up looking my best. I want to show up presentable. I mean, so there's a lot of different elements to it. Wow. And, and churches come as you are. I mean, Jesus, I mean, he didn't, he never talked about, what people I never remember reading in any of the gospels that he talked about what people wore. No. He just said, Come follow me. Right. So, you know, what are your thoughts on that, Megan? Well, when I think of nowadays and the times that we're in, I think that I think that the fear is, you know, as a visitor to church am I going to fit the, the quote-unquote, the dress code? Mm-hmm. And I've actually had a person ask me, what's the dress code of your church? And that actually broke my heart, Holly, Erin, because there's not a dress code. I, it's come as you are. Um, I was the person who come into church with the low-cut top, with everything hanging out. I didn't leave much to mystery, but that's what was normal to me. And had I walked in the church and I would have got stared and gawked at, I wouldn't be holding this microphone talking with you. So for the visitor, come as you are. For the person who's in between the visitor and the saint, come as you are. But I think throughout your walk with God, I think that he'll lean on your heart. Um, I've seen modesty in different forms. Um, there, I, I hate. I don't even want to. I don't even feel comfortable listing certain type of clothing on this mic. Because modesty in my way might look a little different from you, and that doesn't make you wrong or me right or vice versa. So back to your question, what was that? <laughs> <laughs> well, and in talking to you guys about this, 
And I think that's why another reason why I wanted to do this podcast is because we are better together and yeah. we can see things and maybe maybe I'm too hard on Caitlin and maybe I need to give her leeway to be who she who who God has called her to be and and still instill in her the modesty and still instill in her but if it's if it's okay to wear Monday and Tuesday, why isn't it okay to wear Wednesday? I use um, Holly over here. I have a, I have two two girls, as you you know, and and I know the people listening to this can't hear this, but one of them will wear skirts and dresses, and they're always below the knee. And then you will look at one of my other children, who is the leggings and t-shirt girl. And um, one of my daughters wanted to wear a certain kind of apparel, and the other one didn't. And she wanted to wear this. Well, Holly, in her infinite wisdom, sometimes I compare her to Jesus, y'all. Um, you'll know why later on. But Don't um, ask my husband that. He'll give you a completely different opinion. Um, she shared with me with her teenage daughter, Emma, she wanted to wear something, and Mom wore something different. And I noticed that Holly didn't force that on her. And whereas in church culture, and I'm just being real, y'all. So um, in church culture, I feel like church can be a little judgy at times, especially the the more well-rounded person who's been in there longer. Um, the The Bible says that that man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. That's scripture, y'all. And so, as someone who's striving to take the heart of God and place it in myself. I want to I want to be like Jesus. So a lot of times I just think to myself, just because it's different, it doesn't make it wrong. And if I force my convictions on my daughters, then they're only doing it for me. So is that really satisfying, God? I don't think so. I don't I don't see him being happy with that. I don't even see him requesting that. Well, we have a responsibility, of course, to guide our children, I think. Yes. But I'm not, I'm not, I, I promise you, I'm never married to my opinions. Yeah. And as I grow in Christ and as I mature, yeah, my opinions will change. Mm-hmm. The people I hang around, the influences that I have, they, you know, I, I evolve, I change and, and I pray it's always for the better. You show me your five people, I'll show you your, your future. And so I want to be around people that make me better, that challenge me to be better. But in the same vein, I also want to make sure that I'm doing what the Lord tells me to do, even that if that might be against the grain of what someone else feels that is right for them. So, you know, it's their kids don't come with a handbook. I mean, I was I 17. Yeah, me too. I was 17 years old when I had my first child. So I was a kid myself. I had no idea what in the world I was doing. And I was a completely different parent then than I am now. Right. Now, you know, people are like, oh, you know, you've got your life together. You've got a great career and your kids are getting older. And, and the reality is you don't know the hell that I went through getting here. Right. You know, my 40s have been great, but my 30s and 20s. That's a whole nother story. I was making mistakes left and right. (laughs) And and while on the topic of clothing and convictions and children, something else, Erin, 
I never want someone to ask my child, why do you do that? And I don't want the answer to be because my mom makes me. Right. And obviously, why do you do the dishes? My mom makes me. That's the tip. That's the response. But we're, I'm talking deeper than chores. Right. I'm talking about convictions. So I don't want that to be the answer that my child gives. I, I want the answer to come from my, my daughter, my daughter's um this is what God, uh, this is what I feel I need to do for God. And if that looks different for me, I've learned that I have to accept that. And if somebody else around me that I fellowship with, that I love, that is very much human like me, has an issue with that, then that becomes an issue with them and God, not me or my daughters. And so that's, I I don't ever want to create where my child is taking things to school changing and they're, they're putting things on and they're taking things off and they're trying to, to hide from me because the world screams hide from your parents. They're not safe. I want my children to run to me. Right. And so I didn't always have that thought process. Actually, I had the hard, you're not going to do that. You're going to do this. And I had that for a little while. And through Holly's experience with her teenage daughter, who at one point did X, Y, and Z, and now she does ABC. I watched how she handled that and I asked her questions. I picked her brain. Why are you, why is she in trouble? You know, what's going on? And Holly's response, it just blew me away that she's not going to do everything I do and that's okay. And I thought, you know what? That is okay. That is. So that's what I have to say on that one. And I think this year it may, we may, I mean, things may change. Um, Because I really do. I mean, after having this conversation, I feel like I need to allow her. Now, there still have to be boundaries. Yes. So I guess it is about drawing the line then and and what you'll allow. Right. That's what I'm hearing. We have to, we have to, we have to to set boundaries. Mm -hmm. And we got to know why we're setting those boundaries. Right. Because are we, are we setting that boundary because it's something that we do and we've always done and we hope for them to do? Or is it a boundary that's going to keep them safe and help them become the best child possible? Well, I'll tell you one thing that I did well with her that I did not do well with my oldest two was I um, encouraged a relationship with our pastor, with a man of God in her life, someone that she could trust. Because, um, and, and it's not that I didn't encourage that with the first two, I was just developing one myself. So I didn't know how to encourage her to do it because I was just trying to get myself to do it. Well, by the time she got to the age where that was really important, then I was teaching her. I was like, hey, listen, you need to talk to pastor about that. I appreciate you talking to me, but try talking to, to pastor and pastor's wife because, you know, they can also counsel you as well. Well, then it was, she was going and telling on me, (laughs) (laughs) which is okay. I had to respond correctly in that because if I responded incorrectly to her telling on me, guess what would have happened? Hypocrite. She wouldn't have (laughs) went to pastor. And what I want for her is to have a spiritual leader that she can lean on to be able to, you know, come back from bad decisions and not feel like the bridge has been severed. And it, because that's what we all need. Because there are times we make mistakes and we have to have someone to say, hey, listen, you're being stupid. <laughs> well, you know, yeah. so. And I think that is one thing. You know, I have a, I, at this time, I feel like I have a really good relationship mm-hmm. with my oldest son. Um, there's, uh, it's, 
at this point because he is he is 21 he has moved out of the house he is engaged and all of this kind of stuff now i don't have to be the parent as much i can now just be a friend Mm-hmm. Um, and we do have, I feel like we do have a really good friendship. There was plenty, there was a couple of years, um, that, that was not the case. Uh, we had always been close when he was little and then he became a teenager. I mean, his dad had split. Um, he was just kind of his things that he loved to do, um, was not what I loved to do. Um. Not that I, I mean, he was into to dramas and, and things like that. And I loved going and watching him, but it wasn't where my my thought process was at that time. And he was, you know, working and doing all this stuff. And so we just kind of lost that connection. Um, and so it was, it was hard. Um, but I built that, that friendship when he was younger. Um, and built that connection when he was younger. And just like, you know, the Bible says, um, train them up in the way that they should go, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. Mm-hmm. That goes and not just towards God and, and a relationship with God, but I think it also lends towards the relationship that you can have with your children as well. If you train them up that, hey, I'm a friend, I'm somebody you can come and talk to, I may not always respond correctly the, the first time because there was plenty of times when he'd be like, hey, mom, I'm going here to do this. And I'm like, no, you're not. We haven't <laughs> seen each other in a week. You're not doing anything. And then I would stop. And like five minutes later, I'd come back and be like, okay, well, let's talk about this. I did not respond correctly. But I do would like to be able to see you this weekend. I understand you want to go here with your friends. Is there any way that we can carve out some time on Saturday to spend together or whatever. And he'd be like, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. You know, whatever. And so there were plenty of times I did not respond correctly in the first place. And I still, I'm still working on stopping to think before I respond. Um, But I did foster that relationship to where now we do have a really good relationship and I hope um, that he feels like he can come and talk to me and there have been things when he's coming he said okay mom I need to tell you something and I'm like gosh I've heard those okay. words <laughs> <laughs> what is it that you need to tell me uh, is it necessary you have to tell me everything <laughs> <laughs> uh, I am not looking forward I'm looking forward to him being married but I am not looking forward to him being married because I can just uh, I I already know, um, of course, I, because we are we are friends, and because we do kind of get at each other. We we've already he's he's like I'm gonna I'm gonna text you, and I'm like okay that's fine because I'm gonna text you and ask you if you're being good. <laughs> are you being good? Are you behaving? Yeah. Um, and he's well, like sa- I'm turning my phone off. So <laughs> the saying goes, a girl or a, a boy is yours till she takes a wife. A girl is yours the rest of your life. Yeah. And and I don't know if that's 100% true all the time, but it's been true in my life because yeah. my boys when they took a wife, my my middle son, he would call me at work so often that they would make fun of him on the PA when the and he would just say I need to talk to mom. Well, there's there were 60 moms there. He would say I need to talk to mom and they automatically knew it was him. 
so he literally called me several times a day. So when he got married, I told his wife, I said, Brooke, I'm so sorry, but he's all yours now. <laughs> and he no longer calls me a hundred times a day. He calls her, which is great. And her and I, she and I work for the same company. So, <laughs> which is hilarious. <laughs> But I will tell you, the best thing to do when your kids get married is become best friends with the wife because they are the key to a good relationship with your son. Yeah. Well, luckily, so far, um, all three of my boys, the two, one that's married and the two that are about to be married, I am very close with all three of the, the wife and future wives. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I had relationships with two of them before there was ever a complete relationship with the with my boys Mm -hmm. so um we had a friendship we had a relationship before um before that was ever a thing and so um luckily i i do have that and i that i worried about that um about the the boys the girls taking the boys away um, that's, that's one of those worries of a, of a boy mom. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then, and I, all, for a long time, all I had was two boys and I was like, I don't, I just have two boys and I won't have anybody. And then Kennedy came along. And so she's my, maybe that's why she's my favorite. Cause I know she'll love She's me like forever. the household pit boss. She is. <laughs> She rules the roost. She really does. She she'll call. She'll go over to to Nick and Becca, um, which is my my married son, and she'll be like, um, "Can I stay the night?" And they just let her. I mean, they cater to her, and it, and the thing is, is they all do. Um, they all cater to Kennedy, um, and you would no. think that would make her like just a spoiled little brat. Um, and she is spoiled and she is a brat sometimes, but for the most part, she's just the sweetest, kindest, most loving little kid. Um, and well, to me, um, rose, to other, your rose colored glasses to, to so other sweet. people. She's not always so <laughs> to other people, they'll be like, Kennedy, give me a hug. And she just looks at them and gives them a snarky look. And I'm like, go give them a hug. And she's like, <laughs> so, but, but yeah. She's not that way, really, to her brothers. To her brothers, she's she's pretty loving, but I have to force her to hug other people sometimes. <laughs> I've been that way in my life, too. <laughs> well, you boy moms sucking up all the love. I've got two girls over here. Uh, Addison, I'm, I'm convinced she has my coffin picked out already. And, and my <laughs> burial site, she'll say things that are so endearing, such as, when you're gone, I want this. And I'm like, you're seven. <laughs> And then Kirsten, oh my, my angel That's from hilarious. the heavens. She's, by the way, she's one of the the angels, like uh, David, Holly's husband, that uh, we entertain their presence on earth. And and my daughter <laughs> Kirsten will be in the corner crying. Our mom's never gonna die. And Addison's growling and smirking. Yes, she is. <laughs> wish I was lying. We're going to have to cast little devils out of your house. I know. I know. So I'm just kind of intrigued hearing about these boy stories and their mamas. Um, Speaking of boys and their mamas, my husband, oh my goodness. He loves his mama. It is precious. It's, it's whenever I watch them too, it's, it's like a relationship you've, I've never seen. 
Um, and, and it's just the same thing with you, you two ladies. I've seen your sons with you, and I'm like, I wonder what that's like. But I'm just too scared of boys, so I don't ever want to Let me boy. tell you something. If a boy treats his mother well, he's going to make a good husband. Amen. So find Amen. a for So for your daughters, you, you encourage them to find a boy that treats his mama well. Amen. Because they're going to be kind. Well, that stands true, and and my husband and his mother. So that's that's a good point. Yeah. That, yeah. that is valid. In I our have life. A, a time hop on my phone, and periodically it will come up, and it was a little thing that I put on Facebook. And um, one Sunday, when um, my mom had walked around the corner, and Lance was standing around the the corner, kind of hiding. She goes, "What are you doing?" He goes, "I'm hiding from my mom." Oh. And she said. She said, why are you in trouble? He goes, no, she's just so beautiful. And I was like, and I keep it. And I'm like, I'm like, I don't know if he was just being silly, but I'm going to take it to heart that he just loves his mama. And I keep it. And I think about it on those days when he's being ornery. (laughs) (laughs) And when I'm like, when he doesn't act like he loves his mama at all. And I remember at one point he loved his mama. At one point, he really, really loved his mama. So we're at the we're at the stage now where he doesn't he doesn't give me as much love as he used to. Well, um, my uh, we my mother redid a dresser for me, and it was one that the boys had had when they were really little. And on the back of it, it's there. Uh, one of the boys had wrote, "I hate my dad," and I I don't know why there he must have done something to make him mad. And I and I told my mother, I said, "Don't paint over that." I want it to last forever. <laughs> because that meant I was the princess. Oh She's the princess Kremel. Yes. That's right. <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, okay, so so we met, all met um, by going to the same church. This is true. Um, I met Sister Holly. Uh, me and I, so Sister Holly was going to the church before I went to the church. The church had been um, going about a year when I started. Sister Holly invited me to lunch, and we went and ate at Cheddar's. And then we worked out together a Mm -hmm. few times. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's kind of how Sister Holly was really one of the first people from the church who reached out and tried to, to form a connection with me. Um, and I will always forever be grateful for her um, in doing that. I was, when I, I came to the church, I was going through a divorce. Um, and then after my divorce, um, I got my, my new, my to be new husband um, and brought his family to the church. And we started going. And, um, you know, whenever you're going through those times um, and through, that season um you just need somebody to kind of lean on and there was one
Um, there was one point where um, I got, I felt like I was getting really disconnected. Um, like I didn't belong. Um, like, like I was, I was actually looking to see, thinking about leaving the church and going someplace else because I just, I felt like everybody was connected and everybody was a group and I was just on the outside. And um, I called our pastor um, because my sister told me to. And and I told him how I was feeling and he said, if you wanna be a part of something, you have to put yourself out there and get connected. You have to, to, to try. Um, to, to be a part of something. You can't just expect everybody to to pull you in. You have to put yourself out there. And so, um, like a week later, we were having a harvest party um, out on what was supposed to be our new church land um, <laughs> that became not our new church land. Um, but we were out there, and I walked up to Sister Holly, and I said, if you need any help with the Christmas play, I would like to help. And she said, oh, awesome. Because I was just, I have been meaning to ask you if you would take over when I'm on vacation, if you would just help with this section of the Christmas play. And I said, I'd be more than happy to. You just tell me what you need me to do. And and the rest is history. I had forgotten about that. And now I am That's, more, I am so involved in stuff if there's something that I'm not involved in it's <laughs> it's weird <laughs> yes um but yes I mean Sister Holly has been um my connection Aww. on a lot of things and thank you thank you for being that for me well, it um, has been my blessing and <laughs> you know I I teach at a faith-based rehabilitation center in our area and one of the things that I tell the girls is the key to not backsliding is to get involved in everything because if you get involved in everything if something happens if life happens if you have a death in the family if you have a weak moment if you make a bad mistake whatever the case may be then and you just don't want to go back anymore, you're going to have to disconnect from this thing, from that ministry, from this duty, from this obligation, from this commitment. And it's really difficult to do that. It's difficult to backslide if you're committed and you are participating in everything because now you've got to go and unravel yourself from the church inner workings. And, and it makes it really hard because there's been times where I've been weak and, and just didn't want to go anymore or I was offended because the Bible says offenses will come. But it was because of my obligations. It was because of the, the way that I had intertwined myself and everything that was going on at the church that it kept me involved until the Lord could help me get through that and get, get me out of that mindset and those strongholds that I had. I love that input, Holly. And so Erin kind of gave us a glimpse of her arrival and what kept her during her stay. I'm, I'm kind of curious, and I'm sure our, our listeners are too, What? who was Holly when she arrived at, at this church that we call Salvation Ministers? Who was she? Will, will you kind of give me a picture of what that looked like? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so... 
I started, um, I had started a job and um, I was in my early 20s and I, there was a lady that worked there that was a Christian and I remember thinking, I don't want to go to her office because she's nuts. <laughs> I had not grown up in church. I didn't even know how to look up a scripture. I didn't know anything about it. And I know I didn't want anything to, to do with it. So, but we became really quick friends. We shared co some common interests. And um, so she kept inviting me to church for a couple yeah. of years. And I finally decided to go. And her and I... I mean, I loved it. I loved it. I was filled with the Holy Ghost. Mm. I fell in love with the music and the people. And um, I met my, my husband and I were actually living together. We were unmarried. Mm -hmm. And I had come from a long history of, of dysfunction, which we'll get into on another day. But um, so I just, it was one thing at a time that the Lord started changing about me. And wow. so in 2011, um, Sarah, which was the friend that kept inviting me, her husband opened Salvation Ministries. Wow. And I, I didn't want to leave the church I was going to mm -hmm. because it was closer to home. <laughs> and, um, but three, three months I was watching people, their lives get changed. And I'm like, I, I gotta be a part of this. I can't not go. So I started Salvation Ministries three months after they opened in 2011. And it has just been one of the fastest growing home missions um, churches in the area in in this part of the state so it's it's been wonderful watching lives being changed and me being changed and it, some things were really easy and some things were very hard so I love hearing the history that that you two women have with the Lord and the people of God and and I noticed when you both talk you, you get this and I don't want to sound super cheesy or corny but y'all better get used to it I, I just see that that glimmer in your eye and that excitement um I feel the same way you know mm -hmm. I, I showed up a little bit later than you guys mm -hmm. um this is my eighth year being with you you all um and I showed up um a wreck <laughs> um a pregnant for the second time 19 I'm a teenager uh two kids I'm I'm not even barely making minimum wage at this point I, I don't I don't know the sky from up or down. I mean, my 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 father, uh, you know, it, it's just the basic story, you know, drug addict, um, split home, uh, daddy issues written all over me, and I just showed up so far from someone who looks like a church person because I wasn't one. And, and what I remember specifically, um, you guys scared me. Um, I remember telling the woman who really cared for me and that, that God called to tend to me during that time. I, I was like, what are these people, Amish? Like, they don't show anything. They're all covered. That's so odd. Um, and so um, I, was, I was in the church with all of these people. And uh, what I remember most is they scared me to death. I didn't understand. But what I did understand was the love they gave me. And that was a love that I had actually been in search for my whole life. And I actually taught today 
at a rehabilitation center, I, I taught about um, making decisions off of a temporary emotion, and that really summed up my whole story. Um, up until this point, a lot of most of my life, for 19 years, I can honestly say I, I was led by emotions. Um, and I made a lot of decisions that I, I truly wish I wouldn't have made. But in that, I have found tools at our church, and those tools happen to be people with faces and names. And, um, man, I'm kind of rumbling and, and jumbling and all that here. Oh, but good. Um, I'm just really thankful for, for how God's connected me with all of these women and men. Um, because it's, it's just helped transform me and, and how I think about people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm thankful that you guys didn't judge me when I got there because I probably would have been one of the easier people to judge. Oh, um, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to throw myself under the bus because I'm, I'm going to tell you there were, there were moments where I was like, who does this girl think she is <laughs> coming in here looking like this? Don't she know no better than this? I would never have said it, but yes. I'm not going to say I didn't think it. I'm not going to say that in my head. And I'm not going to say Why that when me real? and Daniel got, got in the car, we didn't, there wasn't time <laughs> we were like, did you see what she was wearing? I mean, and then or what she always, wasn't wearing. And, and then we'd be looking at the girls and be like, don't even think it. Don't, don't even get an idea in your head. But, and, and me and, me and Megan, um, I would say for probably the first two or three years that she was at the church, we didn't have a relationship. Mm-hmm. There wasn't, there wasn't a connection there. And then, um, there was a, a ladies, um, conference at our church. And at that conference, I'm sitting in the back of the church and I'm just sitting there. Um, during, I think it was probably during one of the lessons and stuff and God just spoke to my heart and he said that there was a need, um, for a a group for our young girls, um, and just, just age group, you know, starting teenage. Um, I didn't know age group completely, but I knew it was supposed to be for our teenage girls. And, um, and I immediately started thinking about it um, started we've I've learned from our pastor that when you have an idea of something you you flush out all of the the stuff you what's who's it for what's it about when's it gonna happen and I'm I'm thinking through all this stuff and I come to sister Holly um, and I said hey this is my idea um, what do you think and she said um, it sounds good. It sounds like something somebody else had talked to me about. Um, and I think she even said Sister Megan's name. And I was like, mm, <laughs> I, I, this is my thing. I, and to be honest, that's the way my brain went at first. I was like, this is my thing. This is what God gave me. And um, she says, you just need to talk to pastor. So I called pastor and he said, there's somebody else who <laughs> has come to me with this. We're having a meeting. I want to meet with you both. And I was like, okay. And he said, it's Sister Megan. And I was like, I don't even know her. (laughs) And, but it has been the best thing um, for the last almost five years. Mm -hmm. We have together ran a group called Sisterhood. 
um, from our church and um, the friendship um, that I have with Megan now, I I can't imagine not having that friendship. There have been so many times I have called her frustrated about this or upset or or whatever, or I don't call her and she just sends me a text and she's like, are you okay? Um, and then she'll say, are you mad at me? And <laughs> she sends you that text too. You must copy and paste it because you sent it to me. <laughs> and um, just the other day she sent me a message and she should know by now I, I'm not usually a long texter. I normally respond in less than 10 words. Um, but still, I get the text back from her. Are you mad at me? And I'm like, no, I'm at work. Or no, I'm just, I, I, I'm not mad at you. I'm this, this is just whatever. And so that day I sent her a text back. I was like, if you really want to know what's going on. And I sent her this huge paragraph. And I was like, well, this should make her happy. <laughs> it did. <laughs> you know, you'll make it a lot easier on yourself if you just send a giant group text to everybody you know and say, are you mad at me? <laughs> So. You might be able to get some work done. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, but anyway, uh, if we love her and and we are never mad at her, and if we are mad at her, we will tell her point blank without her even asking if we're mad. Or she, we're mad at her. Um, but it has been such a blessing and I've watched as God has just used her in so many ways, in ways that I'm like, I'm almost a little jealous. And if I didn't love her so much, I would be. But I know that she has put the work in. And then this last year to see her her find her man. My Thor. Her Thor. And, um, and, <laughs> and get married. And we t- So just to give you a little backstory, she was looking for a man for a while. And <laughs> a while. A while. Her, her expectations were really, really Real high. high. So we said, listen, Thor is not going to come out of the ceiling speaking in tongues. This is not the way it works. And literally, but he did. He did. His name is Ivy, and he is everything. He's Thor ain't got nothing on my man. And just so you know, he's standing in the background, so she has to say those things. <laughs> you know what I really admire about you ladies is I've adopted a philosophy in my life. And it's, I do hard things. And what I admire about the two of you guys is that you guys do hard things. You make hard decisions. You draw hard lines. You take away hard lines. You give with your whole heart, which can be hard sometimes. And you, you demonstrate restraint, which can be hard sometimes. But you do hard things. And not everybody does that. So I admire that about you too, and, and it's what makes being friends with you so fulfilling and just such a blessing to me. So thank you for doing hard things. I like that, doing hard things. Well, and, and what, I, what I find interesting in this, Holly, is something I'm noticing is I, I see three women who are obviously human, very much so. They have weak moments, and then they have those high moments where we're on the mountaintop, 
and we are we're filling the spirit of God and, and we're restraining ourselves. But I love that all three of this that we all have those tools in us, but whereas you pour into me, Holly, one day you receive from me and vice versa. So sometimes whenever we invest in somebody, we're actually gonna actually cash out on that too. So I find that interesting that when you get your five or your ten or how many ever people that you keep close to you that you would consider the the circle of counsel in your life as much as they sow into you sometimes they're going to receive of you and vice versa so I find that really interesting that that that's I feel like that's kind of how God has this thing set up because he tells us not to forsake the assembling of ourselves the people we need each other we're better together and that's it's funny that I have our pastor's uh, picture over there because I actually took it from his house and I told him I was so (laughs) <laughs> you know, I read a book by Mel Robbins called The Five Second Rule. And um, it's about I, food in the floor, right? It's not, actually. Oh. And she didn't even want to name it that because she didn't want it associated with eating food off the floor, which I believe in that five second rule, too. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> So let's just be real honest here. If I drop a piece of donut on the floor and it's in my own house, or really not even in my own house, if it's in Megan's house, I, I probably would pick it up. But I believe you considering you just picked the spoon off the floor and, and you stirred my coffee. coffee with it. Okay, in yes, Megan's I'm just house, letting you, you know. You can leave it on there for an hour and still come back and pick it up and it would be fine because her house <laughs> is always immaculate. And she's like, yeah. it's so dirty. And I'm like, I hate you. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to let everybody know I am disgusting, and I'm okay with this. I accept this about myself. I completely I have, lost track of what I've, I have Oh, the seven book. kids, so my yeah. house is never, ever put together. So this book talks about how you're, you talk yourself out of doing things in five seconds. A lot of times in five seconds. So I need to go do laundry but I'm really tired. And so it takes you about five seconds to talk yourself out of doing it. Or I need to, I need to get up out of bed and not hit snooze. Takes you five seconds to, to figure that out and hit the snooze button. Um, you can even do it when you're fearing something. I fear flying. And so there's, there's a, uh, a method that she uses with this also. So what she does is she counts down five four three two one and then just make some sort of an action move towards whatever it is that she's needing to do something and I'll give you an example so and she counts down because if you count up you can you're you naturally want to go to the next number one two three four five six you're just inclined to go to that next number but five four three two one you stop there so um I'm sitting on my couch I've read this book and I'm sitting on my couch and I'm, I'm like, this is kind of weird, but I'm going to try it. So I really want to, I need to transfer the laundry and I'm just tired. I'm like five, four, three, two, one. And I just stand up. And then I think to myself, well, I'm already standing. I might as well go do it. And then I sat down and I was like, oh my gosh, it just worked. (laughs) So I started testing it out in other parts of my life. So we're talking about just now we're talking about doing hard things. Well, this is how I started practicing doing hard things. I stopped procrastinating by practicing this method that Mel Robbins really talks a lot about. She's wrote books. She's done TED Talks. She's done lots of different things regarding this 54321. And um, so if you feel like you're procrastinating or you have a, uh, a weakness or you have difficulty doing something hard, 
try the 54321. It activates the prefrontal cortex of your brain, and there's a whole lot of scientific stuff that goes along with it, but she's got some really good YouTube videos that are just kind of a, a quick, you know, um, you know, a quick explanation of it, but I, it's helped me do those things that I didn't want to do so that then I show up ready because if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. And so that really helped me. So if you get a chance to take a look at this and, and I don't know her, so I'm not, you know, I, I'm not personally promoting her because I, you know, friends with her. It's just something that I came across one day and it really has changed the way that I do things and it's helped me to do hard things. Well, I might try this when it comes time to go to the gym in the morning. Yeah. Five, four, three, two, one. Let's go. Yes. Well, it's helped me get up at 4.30 in the morning for months. Again, I'm well, I'm to, really going to try this. Yeah, I'm going to have to. And that's one of the things that, you know, you were talking about me and Megan, but one of the things that I admire about you is um, those having those hard conversations and being, oh, being able to do that. I've heard plenty of people who have who have talked about how um, they couldn't explain something or couldn't say something to their kids, but they could bring you to bring them to you mm. and you could explain <laughs> things that they didn't want to. Um, and oh, the those, sex we're talk. Talking we're talking about, about that. Talk. Yes. <laughs> People bring their, their, their young girls or <laughs> I haven't had any boys yet, but. <laughs> they're young they're young people to me so like it because the parents are uncomfortable with it and i'm like yeah no, it's so just she a... is the best at having hard conversations <laughs> um and just and, and and maybe she uses the five four three or two no win. no like, just I... <laughs> do, count down and then just blurt it out you know whatever you have to do but bravery that has been definitely been one of the things that i have an admire have admired about you is having is being able to have those conversations and and say those things um and not like let peer pressure and things like that get to you um that you just you say what you have to say and then let the chips fall where they may um and and i think i need i need more of that to be confident enough in myself to be able to say those things and do those things. Well, I think so. I appreciate it. I don't necessarily let the chips fall where, where they may as much anymore because now I'm more mindful of how it impacts people. Mm -hmm. And I want them to walk away with something palatable. You know, you can have a, a steak dinner, mm -hmm. beautiful T-bone steak cooked perfectly with a nice baked potato and some fresh macaroni and cheese. And you can serve that on a trash can lid it's not, it's no longer palatable. No. So you can have some really great stuff, but if you deliver it wrong, people aren't going to walk away being right. fed. Yeah. I agree. Well, guys, I think that is going to wrap it up for our first podcast. Um, our first episode. I am so excited to see yeah, where this too. goes from here. Um, and we look forward to, well, to you hearing us again, I guess, because <laughs> we're going to talk to you. We're going to talk to each other, though. We're going to so, kick it, not quit it. We're going to kick it, not <laughs> quit it. So, um, well, we love you guys, and be blessed. Be blessed. Be blessed. <laughs>